What's up, everybody? This is Dilio representing DilioT2K.com. You have just tuned into another episode of the Red Herb Podcast. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about a music conference I went to, some lessons I learned from it, and lessons about trial and error and picking yourself back up when things don't quite go the way you planned. And I think it's very important that I give thanks for everybody who comes to this podcast, who checks it out. I know that this is a new direction for me. And I think that being as a creative person as I am, looking for a home uh, as far as to create and as far as a way to connect with people, it's important to do trial and error. You have to try things. You won't learn anything if you don't try. I believe that there is a disconnect between the tips that we can look up online and YouTube and advice from people and advice from friends and then the reality of you doing it yourself making a decision and at this current time as 2020 is getting ready to wrap up uh, we're about uh, maybe four months away of 2020 wrapping up maybe less than that it's uh, September now October November December so we'll probably three months and then this this year will be done and with everything that I've been through with the YouTube platform as far as the channel kind of disintegrating on itself and nobody on youtube staff knowing why you know it's it's time to push on it's time to to try some other things and to fail and that's what my experience was at this uh music money conference it wasn't a total bust um it wasn't a failure uh i felt like i did bump my head a little bit and it was challenging it's a challenge to uh, go to these events by yourself and i saw some other artists that actually had to go perform and be by themselves and I understand that. And uh, my heart goes out to all of them because it's, it's it's different when you have sort of a crew around you that really support what you're doing and and, and uh, will rally behind you and say, hey, I'm going to the event. But it's another thing where you go by yourself and you know people who mean well and you know people who want to support and all that. But they're not they're not coming out with you. They're not they're not coming out with you. And. Maybe they support you another way, but the most important, the most impactful way that anybody could support an artist or somebody in a creative field, as far as putting it out there and sharing it with them, is being with them. And, uh, you know, because when artists go to events like these, they look around and they see, man, people got some crews and all of that. But let's talk about the lesson. So, what is the ugly? Money Music Summit. The Ugly Money Music Summit was a three-day event uh, held in uh, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, East Atlanta, Georgia, at this place called the Atrium, and it was headed by Ugly Money Niche. And Ugly Money Niche, I had to learn who that was because I didn't know. Ugly Money Niche is an A&R, Artist and Repertoire Representative for Free Bands. Free Bands is the music label started by future in 2011 according to the website that i read yesterday as i was doing research and uh it's, it's definitely interesting how many degrees you can be away from someone obviously uh, future was not at this event but there were a lot of people there and again i wasn't there for the whole time and and that's cool so that's 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 uh basically who that was and that's what the event was about they had panels that provided advice about 
how to advance yourself as an independent artist. They did charge for this event. Uh, you could get a, a three-day pass, three-day VIP pass, or you could um, have a, uh, a one-day pass. And so I just got the one-day event pass because I wanted to check out the seminars and see what they're talking about and also start networking and take some of my work off of the web and putting it back on the streets and meeting real people. It's very interesting. You can really uh, build up your Instagram um, <laughs> by by net at networking events. I think that's a great way if you want to get more followers and get more people on your Instagram and you want to follow some people. It's kind of a no brainer to go to events like that. It's, it's actually almost like a landslide experience. I think I gained about 10 or 15 followers on my Instagram just from networking, just telling them, hey, this is what I do. And I think what got them in the door was my camera. But that was a that's another story that I'm going to share later on in this podcast. So, you know, I actually went to this place. It was at the atrium and the flyer says two o'clock. And I have a confession to make because <laughs> because I, uh, I have a sin. I have a very bad habit. I have a bad habit of being on time. And being prompt. I have a very bad habit. I I think it's worse than smoking. I think it's worse than being addicted to drugs. I think being on time in Atlanta. And, and doing what it takes to be on time. In Atlanta is probably one of my biggest sins. Why? Because I did go. And the event on the flyer said 2 p.m. And I'm getting there. And... The crew is still setting up. The crew is still getting some stuff together. The crew is still getting these signs put up. And I'm looking at the flyer. I'm like, I thought this said two o'clock. And that just spoke to the nature of the event. I was joking with my friends. Uh, I was talking to multiple friends about this. And I was like, this is going to be hood. This is going to be ratchet. And uh, oftentimes I uh, fail to offset my timing for events like this because uh and, and and i get it and there's a science behind that and um yeah i showed up right so i sat around for a while and uh actually i got inside eventually things kind of opened up after an hour and uh, i normally don't like to sit idly by waiting but sometimes you uh are playing about your and relearning oh yeah this could be something that takes a lot more time than you expected all right this is how we deal with that um but Oftentimes that happens with things you don't run. You don't know how they're going to schedule their time. And even in nightclubs and things that I learned over the years, you know, I mean, and I get it. You know, a lot of times events won't start till late because uh, the the people who run the event are waiting for more people to come in. Don't start the show now. Uh, they are waiting for more people to come into the event uh, before we start the performances. And I get that. I get that. And that's something that I got to learn. So that's that's my first failure is uh <laughs> i seem to forget it repeatedly but the first failure is coming to an event um on time uh, when you're dealing with an urban event when you're dealing with with us you know uh cp time black folks let's just say it uh, that's the language I, I i don't like using that language because i don't like describing black people in the light that normalizes you being late if that makes any sense i don't like describing 
African-Americans or black, whatever you want to call it, depending on what you believe, because there's multiple beliefs and who we are. And some people don't even believe we're African and they have science to back it up. But that's for another podcast. But I personally don't like to play into the stereotype of us being late. I really don't. And I and I struggle describing us and our events as that. So that's why I didn't. That's why I kind of struggled. But that's what it was. That's what it was. It was, it was an independent family ran event. Uh, it wasn't all corporate. It wasn't like it wasn't like a, a convention where boom, everything is. And even then things happen with time. Even then happens with time. And you have to be ready for that. Um, so I did get inside and I waited for a while. But the problem was, is that I, I got a call. And unfortunately, sometimes we get a call from certain individuals. Um, could be good, could be bad. But uh, I did find out some bad news about a family member uh, passing away. Uh, my Aunt Carol, so rest in peace to her. And paradise to her and my condolences to uh, the family, my family. And, uh, you know, immediately because, you know, I wasn't really caught up in a hard working gig gig um i left to go check on uh, some family and um i say family because i'm not being too specific on purpose because this is going out in front of the whole world and uh once i sat was able to kind of analyze the situation and see that things were were stable i still had more work to do so i actually came back to the event and the event, the event was still going. I was like, okay, maybe I can still turn this around to some positive networking, some contacts, which I did. I did make some contents, but I came back to the event and obviously the parking lot was full. There's more people there. It was getting more hood and ratchet. <laughs> All right. You know, and I, and I get that. And, you know, a lot of times these are young people that are really having the times or less. I remember, and I'll keep going forth with that. But I was able to come back and I was able to continue networking. I was able to get back into the event. I already had my thing around my arm and I kind of just played into the fact that I looked like media. The reason I looked like media is because I had a large uh, size camera with me. And the uh, one of my things was I was going to try and do two things with this event. The first thing was I was going to film people giving advice on a seminar and turning it into content for my YouTube channel dilly gang because dilly gang's purpose is to serve artists and creatives uh, especially music producers and artists and i wanted to uh at least get some of their advice on tape and kind of use that as content to test it out on my new youtube channel to see how the viewers respond how you the viewers respond and uh but because i was pulled out from that or i had to step out from that well i didn't say had to that's not the energy. I chose to step out. I missed that part of the event, which was written that it was supposed to happen at 2 p.m. Did not do that. So I missed that. So at that point in time, it was in the parties doing their shows showcase. So these are obviously artists who have paid for performance slots at these events. And so I was basically bouncing between different rooms, just kind of getting footage of different people uh doing their thing doing artists just you know doing performance at at this different sound stages that are in the room obviously hood some performances were more hood than other 
But one thing I did notice that some people actually had their crew with them. And when you have your whole crew with you on stage, <laughs> backing you up, you're just, you're just like, it's like a cheat code for doing shows. When you have your friends with you that support you and roll with you. And I saw it. It's like, it's like cheat code. It's like, you don't even care about who's in the audience because y'all are up there having a party. And I've, I've, I've experienced that myself. Um, a long time ago when you got your people with you on stage it's a totally different energy i mean you nothing can stop you You don't even care if you mess up and even you mess up you can laugh it off with your friends on stage it's a great um it's a great shielding it's a great umbrella it's it's a great fortification for yourself when you're going out in front of people and i saw some people had that and i saw other people who didn't have that who didn't even have somebody to hold their cell phone for them to record the performance I myself has been to beat battles and beat battles where I had to set up a tripod on a DSLR camera that didn't autofocus. And I, I can only, and, and somebody, and that's on my old YouTube channel, Daily T2K. And I could see the, uh, I could see like some of the footage just being blurry as heck. And I'm like, okay, I got this great camera, but I don't got anybody here to run it for me right now. You know, cause I was already at the age, even then I was already at the age where everybody's familyed up. Everybody got kids. And everybody ain't really trying to hit the streets like that. Anybody trying to go to no doggone hip-hop event? Such and such got to be up in the morning for school. And that's a, that's a, that's a constant thing I contend, I contend with. I contend with uh, having a hard time finding individuals to come out with me. But I think that is because I'm not meeting I'm not constantly meeting more people to link up with, I think, which is which falls back to my principle of going to this event. I went to this event to go learn something. I went to this event to maybe learn something that I couldn't learn on a YouTube video or a blog post on the Internet. I went to this event to. On principle. Like, yo, I still want to do something with this music. I believe I have something special here. How do I how do I build that forward? How do I build that? Well, I probably got to get off this doggone internet. Uh, the thing I learned about the internet that really kind of really let me know, and this is probably a good thing, is especially here's the thing. So I was on YouTube, and YouTube channel just said you're done. There was no warning. There was no explanation. And what I mean by done is that the, the the YouTube platform and my channel, which is over, which is like 70, 72,000 subscribers, 72,000 subscribers, still getting more subscribers. It's on autopilot now. Uh, no longer provides the same impressions, no longer notifies my viewers of my content. Just started doing this back in August 8th of 2020. And the failure that I made is that I think that I started to grab a lot of identity from the platform because of my success with it, because people are sponsoring me and people were sending me products and, and you know, the YouTube ad revenue was growing and it's like, all right, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm on it. And, and, but the, the truth is, is that I'm not a YouTuber. And it's also a good thing that I didn't try to, um, though I did hope for, that I didn't try to base my income and my life off of YouTube ad revenue income, which I knew that I wasn't going to do unless it reached a certain amount. And 
it stayed there for at least six to six months to a year. Uh, I knew that. So I've always had that hope that it could turn into something like that. But what things it showed me is that, yo, now that your YouTube channel is gone, what you got? Well, I'm still a music producer. I'm still an artist. I still can create songs. I just use platform as a plat. I just use YouTube as a platform to put the music out. And, um, and that sort of said, hmm, oh, yeah, there's some other things I could be doing to uh, connect with people and to find ways to get my music production out there and my music and all of that. So that's that's so that was the lesson learned in that. But there's more lessons learned than that. that I could probably talk about another episode. So I came back to the event. Let's go back to the event. So I came back to base, saw a lot of people performing, friends performing. And uh, then I was getting ready to wrap up. But I said, you know what? Uh, as I was wrapping up, I was kind of setting up my camera and a tripod. I was like, well, let me just do like kind of like this intro video uh, in front of the nice, you know, because like at events like this, at events like this, there's always like what they do now is they have kind of like this media thing. I don't know what they call it. I'm sure there's a professional term for it, where it is there's a, a, a background. It's a branded background that you take pictures in front of and that you take uh video in front of you know and it's sort of this this branded background thing this is sort of sort of a thing i've seen people do for the events so i was just going to set up my tripod and do a do a drop as they say or do an introduction i was like well let me see what i can do to make the best of it um i met a few people but it was kind of like ah, it was kind of hit and miss a little bit for me but, but but I have to do the work. I have to I can't sit around and wait for somebody else to do this for me. So I'm doing the work. And I started shooting. Then people started saying, Are you shooting interviews and stuff like that? It's like, no, but if you want to shoot something, come on, shoot. And there was another guy there that recognized me from YouTube and it's like, hey man, yeah, you know. And he I think he was working an event to shoot the event. Which who and he was also a music producer. I was like, okay. Um, because he uh saw my YouTube content and was very supportive and very, very nice guy very awesome guy and uh, next thing you know we're shooting drops together and and i mean you, you people can't argue with a camera and that, and that goes into my next point people artists and people there love to be in front of the camera they understand that <laughs> getting in front of the camera especially a very professional looking one uh signals to them the uh, urgency or importance of being in front of said camera so that's uh that's very important to know that and i think that's where it kind of ran off away from me and kind of caused me a little bit of anxiety uh because i was shooting all this footage and i was like okay yeah i can shoot this and and yeah it's like yeah give me your instagram and I'll, I'll shoot you a link boom instant instagram followers okay so in my mind i was processing all of this and in my mind i was like okay maybe there's a way i can leverage this to get artists in front of my music production like I could create a video of all this content and put my beats in the background and still tag at the event. Like that's probably something I'm going to try and experiment with uh, in the near future as I figure this thing out. But the problem was it's like, you know, people started thinking I was media and I wasn't a music producer. And I'm like, well, I'm here as a music producer. I'm a music producer. Oh, that's cool, man. You shoot videos too. And I mean, just backtracking on an experience that I had and this was an interesting experience. So there's a saxophonist that I worked with from uh, a church I used to work at. And um, 
you know, it sort of came along down along the pipeline that I could shoot video. And so I had a camera. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And it's like, and I, and I made a little bit of money. Nothing wrong with making a little bit of money. And, uh, but I also wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be the person on stage. And uh, truth be told, he wasn't interested in that. He's a very nice guy. Very nice guy. Very kind. But what frustrated me was, hey, man, I'm trying to play. I'm trying to sing out here. I'm trying. But all you keep contacting me for with your gigs is the video. So now you're signifying to me that I'm not good enough to play in your band. And you know that's the main thing I want to do. But you want me to shoot a video. And I, and I took issue with that because I didn't want to continue being everybody's video camera guy. When I know that I want to be the music producer or musician and so when you're good at a lot of different stuff sometimes i feel like it can work against you and i'm still in, and i and i hate to admit it but i'm still in a learning phase and try uh, i'm still in a learning phase of trial and error as far as figuring out how do i leverage that to get to where i want to go how do i leverage being the camera person to being the music producer is that such a thing and how do I do that? Because if you're doing engineering work for people, how do you how do you transition to show that role? And so I haven't really made my final decisions on that, but I do like to create videos. I do like to film. That's the thing. I like I like to do it. I like to do it. But I don't like it when it becomes the thing that dis that describes who I am to people. I don't like it when that becomes the main it, it's it, it's weird. I know maybe maybe people don't understand this, but say say for instance, and and I know somebody will get this. Say for instance, you want to be a T-shirt maker, and you want to sell T-shirts, okay. But then you have a camera, and you go to the event that you want to sell T-shirts, but you have a camera, and then. A person asks you, well, hey, you, and, and then you get a very serious professional looking camera. And then one person says, hey, come take a picture. And you're like, well, okay, I'm here to sell t-shirts, but I'll take a picture. And then they say, wow, you're pretty good at taking pictures. How about you take this picture over here? And, and at the meantime, you're like, well, you know, I got these t-shirts here I want to sell. I got these t-shirts over here I want to sell. Uh, but this is cool. But, you know, I got these these t-shirts. Well, that's, that's dope. But I want you to come um, take this picture over here. And so that comes into, well, then how do you leverage, how do you leverage that to become the t-shirt person when becoming the photographer runs off? And I know people, and, and I think that for me, it's a challenge. And I, I think that's my trial and error. I, and I think the trial is how do I find a balance of that? Because I don't mind shooting video. I like to shoot and edit and, um, create i just like to create in general i really do and and as the night progressed i knew it was getting more ratchet the night was progressing at this thing i knew it was getting more ratchet more people out in the park lot there's there's guys popping bottles and spraying it into the parking lot i said like, okay and and, and, you, and you just had to see the the people holding their phones out trying to get this on tape uh their friends because you know everybody's a star now everybody's creating content and so you know, it, it just kind of goes into a circle. And and so now it's like, yeah, I'm a music producer. 
So how do I? So now that's a trial and error. So the error is, yeah, I did go out and I networked and I did take this big camera with me and I was really trying to be a vlogger and i think people people should vlog i think that that does build a brand because you can't be one dimensional in this uh in today's day and age which i do agree with however sometimes you can be playing in so many dimensions that you spread it thin and uh and uh, so that's something to look out for but I think that it's I think it's I think it's a cool experience overall. Like I said, trial and error. This was a trial and this is where I made errors at. You know, so obviously the advice is it's like if you don't want to be considered media, don't bring a big ass camera to the event. <laughs> don't bring a big ass camera to the event unless you're trying to slang hustle as far as shooting music videos. Or something like that because I know that I know there's a lot of rappers that need I know this rappers that, and artists that need beats right but I definitely know that they need music videos and they probably need them at an affordable thing and that's something I could provide um, there could be a package deal somewhere but I think and that's the thing it's like I could use it as a tool to promote myself as a music producer and and it's obvious that you got to do things that make you different from the next cat how do you do that and so at this point i'm getting data i'm getting data i'm getting data i'm getting information this is the stuff that they that you can't this is the lesson you can't go on youtube and search for how to deal with and something tells me that those type of lessons and experiences ooh, excuse my language some of those lessons and experiences provide may more value to pushing you towards your goal than on the internet. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, the internet is a very powerful tool and a lot of people are living off of it and are making great incomes. Um, and there's a certain volatility with that and there's even a volatility with working a traditional job. And I think at this point, it's important to have a balance between both, between your internet presence and your physical presence if you can have one if you're fortunate to be of able body enabled mind to be out there and to find time to do that i think you should do it i don't feel like i'll be out on the streets forever like that i, I can't you know it's, it's uh it's a process you know it's a limited time but if i can go out and learn something for myself that can't be taught by the greatest of mentors and I'm going to do that like I said mentors are cute I get that but mentors can't live your path for you you have to live your own path you have to make your own trials and errors and 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 the lesson is it's like all right if I go out here with this big ass camera again take the take the knowledge that you have learned from it if you want to if you want to go that route now if I can find ways to promote myself as a music producer without taking a big ass camera to shoot a vlog, I could. But then again, this is a trial and error situation. Even doing this podcast is trial and error. And I'm learning how to grow from it and I'm learning how to build from that. Right? So at the end of the day, the Ugly Money Music Conference was definitely a learning experience for me. It was a, a positive one. Part of me wanted to be on that stage performing, but I know that in the environment you are paying to play. And a lot of people have different opinions about that. 
But uh, that's a whole nother story for another episode. But just know that it's okay to trial and error. And I think that a lot of people are afraid of failing or, or, or a lot of people have a lot of history of failing a lot. And the court is sort of just setting it down. Not saying you quit. But you kind of set it down and you kind of leave it on the back burner till you really forget about it so you don't knowingly quit. Which is a very interesting thing. But that's that's trial and error. That's that's trial and error. This is a try. And these are the errors that I did. But these are the lessons that I learned. And, um, you know, I mean, once again, it was, a, it was a cool event. I didn't really get too descriptive with the event. I mean, it was hood. It was ratchet. You smelled weed. You, you smell all this stuff. You know, you, you get it. There's people popping bottles. There's body suits. It was ratchet. And it, it's cool. And it wasn't on time. <laughs> it wasn't on time. And, and people were close to me knowing I'm particular about my time. And closing out. The reason I'm particular about my time is because I know we don't have forever for things. I know we don't have forever. But even in the midst of that, learning how to be happy and the unplanned things. It's a balancing act. I just know I just know that we don't have forever and time's precious. So I'm 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 particular about maximizing time, right? Maximizing the time. So yeah. Well thank you so much for watching Red Air Podcast. I hope you got something out of this. I hope this uh, entertained you and stay tuned for more. We have more episodes to go. This is a trial this is a try. I'm gonna do thirty episodes. This is episode three. So once again, if you made it to this point, please let me know that you listened to it. Please leave me feedback on Instagram at DeleoT2K or on Facebook or on an email or on my YouTube channel, Daily Gang. Let me know that you're out there. I really appreciate that. And I'll see you all in the next episode of the Red Earth Podcast. Peace out.